So basically, we're just going to kind of wing it. Yeah. So before we start, though, um, did I did you see that I have a new pet? <laughs> what? I have no. a pet tree. I have a pet tree. Oh, you do? I do. It's just like a pet dog, but the bark is quieter. Oof. I know. Oof. 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 Anyway. Um. Okay. Well, the problem is <laughs> well, we're done. Well, we're done. <laughs> that's gonna be it for me. I think that's as much as I can take. <laughs> oh Lord, that was you the sound it. of you ripping that off of your calendar. I got a whole bunch more. It is. It's a daily calendar of bad jokes and puns and whatnot. You can thank my family for that one. Um. I, I think is probably the wrong word, but certainly a conversation will be had. That's for sure. <laughs> Funny. My, my wife gives it to me for Christmas. And then when I tell that joke, she gets mad. I'm like, wait, you gave this to me. You did this to yourself. It's a nightmare of your own making. It is. Speaking of nightmares, we watched The Cabin in the Woods last night. Oh, I won't, but okay. Are you familiar? Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay. Because I, I mean, I'd, I'd like seen the title, but didn't know anything about it. And it's mm-hmm. just weird. The victims end up kind of choosing the nightmares that kill them in a way. And it's just like at one point you're in this weird elevator thing where all these windows and you see all of the different nightmares of like a giant snake or a, a, a little ballerina girl with instead of a face, it's all teeth and yeah. just like weird nightmare stuff. And it's just it's just full of nightmares and it's crazy anyway. Oh, no, thank you. The nightmare of your own making reminds me of that. Oh, my nightmare of my own making would be like credit scores and like, you'll never own a house in Los Angeles, you psycho. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Speaking of Los Angeles, that's where you're from. So why don't we get some intros here and dive into today's today's uh, subject, shall we? Sure. Why don't you go Um, ahead? I'm from Los Angeles. That just about covers it. That's fair. (laughs) No, Tells no. you everything you need to know. <laughs> no. no. Um, uh, actually, probably. Um, <laughs> welcome to My America. Uh, if this is your first time listening, my name is Kim. I am the host of the show. Um, I brought on a special guest for today, but I'm normally the host. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my name is Kim. I am a, uh, how do I normally do this? A white cisgender female living in, heterosexual female living in Los Angeles. It's been so long. Um, white cisgender heterosexual female living in Los Angeles. I work in television production and am also, uh, have started and working on a nonprofit to try and change the way that we, um, get the vote out here in America by changing the way that we educate our youngest citizens all the way on up through grownups, our, our, uh, oldest citizens on how we vote. Grownups. I've met some of our oldest folks. They are not grownups. <laughs> <laughs> grownups and old folks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And I'm Dan. I'm the other half of the show. Uh, this this nightmare that we have that you have created for yourself now because you're listening mm-hmm. for free, so it's fine. Uh, my name is Dan, and I am uh, white, cisgender, heterosexual male living in Michigan. Tend to be on the middle side of the political spectrum. Have long been on the uh, right side of the aisle, so to speak, the the conservative side of the aisle. Um, but honestly. With the way things are today, I don't think that's so much true anymore. Um, independent voter for sure, but lean left on a lot of things, lean right on some. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to have these conversations with Kim because as liberal as she is, uh, it challenges me. And we want to show <laughs> the fact that you can have these conversations and still be civil to each other and still have discourse in this country. And it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, by the way, I'm 
I'm a co-host on another show where we discuss the, the three languages of politics, a little book by uh, Mr. Kling is his name. I forget his first name. Anyway, it's, it's the three languages of politics. And it's really, really good. So check that out, folks. Um, it's like 80 pages. Okay. But it talks about like libertarian and conservative and liberal, so to speak, or like libertarian, Republican and Democrat and how the languages, what we use and how we say things and how they kind of tribalize us against each other. And in all reality, if we speak the same language, we're probably talking about the same thing a lot of times. So, um, Interesting. so yeah, very cool. But that's the whole point is that we don't have that political discourse as often as we used to. Um, and we need to, and just looking at the lens of our beautiful country through the lens of how we see it. And so that's, that's what my America is. And so Kim, uh, thanks for joining me on my show. Uh, you're welcome always an honored always an honor to be asked to be a guest on the show like this yeah that's right um (laughs) and so so on the political like arguing spectrum we wanted to uh, argue the issues today i don't know if this will be a regular feature of like we just pick an issue and argue it maybe Um, (laughs) but i love i don't know why i get so excited i i i love arguing you do i you know i used to i love winning that's true I used to love like debate and getting really fired up and stuff. And then the last, I don't know, five, six years, it's just gone out the window. It feels like. Yeah. Right. And now when we do argue the issues, it's like, it gets very personal and you lose friendships over it and stuff. And that really makes me sad, but I'd yeah. like to get back to the point where we can do that again. Um, so let's argue the issues today. Let's talk about, okay. this is going to be a good one. This is going to be super like friendly and easy and lighthearted. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, (laughs) Arguing the issues abortion today. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a this is a hard one. This is a hard one. This is uh, a debate you and I have had in the past. Yeah. Um, But it's been a while since we've had it. And I think that I have not, um, you know, changed at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. That's that's how growth works. Is that you just dig in deeper. But I think that it's been so long since we've had this conversation. You have definitely had some like personal growth and political um, evolution change. Evolution change. Yeah. So I'd be, uh, it'll be interesting. And I'd like to, I mean, I'm going to throw this out there. When you say growth, I think, well, then I must've been an infant and you've, you've just grown and I haven't. And like, no, 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 no. I don't think that we want to do that. We think that I don't think that you think that, right. I don't think that. Yeah. That's why I was, I said growth the first time. And then like, that's kind of where I got, I don't know if you caught that I got a little stuck the second time because I growth does make it seem like you were wrong. You were so young and naive, all all this kind of stuff. It's really hasn't been an evolution almost kind of gives that same thought too. It's just more that like, I don't know. I mean, not those things. So opposite those things. (laughs) I mean, for me, so for me, I think what it is, is that growth can be like words are just letters put together to put forth an idea. Words aren't inherently good or bad. How we use them is right. Mm -hmm. And, And how, and how we take them, like our reception and the intent both matter. It's not one or the other. It's both. And so I know that I've had growth just simply through the fact that I've picked up books to read. I've had conversations. I've, I've listened to understand not to be right. Right. Like, cause we also have that penchant as humans to, I'm yeah. going to listen. And then I'm going to tell you what you just said that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fully guilty of that. 
Um, oh, me too, big time. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think that there is like the positive connotation of growth. And that growth could mean that I still believe exactly what I believed before. Right? Like I've just yeah. grown and, and realized some certain things. And I would say that for you, you said you haven't changed at all. I wonder though, if maybe you have some, because like, and I think we'll get into this. I think maybe there's, maybe there's empathy there that's different than what it used to be, whatever. Like, I don't know. We'll see if you change a little bit. Maybe I've not. never had empathy. You know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And sure, I never sure. will. <laughs> Look, you don't, you don't have emotions, but you have empathy. You are a robot. <laughs> I'm a robot. <laughs> but you are like data from Star Trek next generation. You have empathy for humans. You just can't feel anything. Anyway. I don't know what that means. You should watch. Well, you just explained it. So I guess I do. But data's an Android and he can't have feelings. This whole time, I thought Data was a girl. No, he's a dude. Brent Spiner. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of like how I thought it was um, Hans Olo. Hans Olo. And did you see how much I had to think about it just now? Because then I was like, is this right or is this wrong? Listen, as Tell bad me- as my pun was, I don't, I don't think. I, I, we, I, we can't, we're done. Tell, tell me that it doesn't sound, over. everybody, it could be. No. Hans is a name also. It, it's also, there are Wookiees and whatever Yoda and Grogu are. And like, it's not real. It's science fiction. Han is also a name, but they sure. have weird names. So Hans has, no, no. They have if squid people. If you don't people. know the world no. at all, and you just hear people saying like, Han so oh and the other thing is this is like I'm not kidding at all. Listen. It took me a very long time to understand that Hans Han Han and Luke different people. Okay. I always so, forget uh, that there are two main guy characters in the movies. At Kim Moffat on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. Let Go me ahead. know. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh all right. So wow, we just got way off track there. Um <laughs> So it's back anyway, up and, the point is I'm data. You are data, but you do I'm have a some robot empathy, with empathy. So, yeah. uh, so abortion is something that I've, I have thought about a lot over the years. It's so politicized. It's also just very, it's a very emotional subject. I, I have so many feelings about it. And also I'm a guy. I don't, carry the child so i can't look at it from that point of view Mm -hmm. but i'm a dad and i can look at it from that point of view and that point of view tells me that my kids lives are priceless Mm -hmm. and so i've always thought about it like that is like okay i don't want to tell women that i control their bodies i don't think that our government should there's also for me the voice of the unborn and that's a life and deserves attention. And so I really go back and forth on this a lot. And, I, and I'll tell you this, when I was um, young, I had, I had a girlfriend who asked me, or, and I was, I was a teenager. I don't remember how old I was. She was a couple of years younger. She asked me like what I thought about abortion. I was like, well, I'm pro-choice. I think it should be the person's choice. She was adopted. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she knew and in her mind, her story was that if her birth mom had had an abortion, she wouldn't be alive. And so she's very much pro-life and it almost broke us up at the time. But like she told me a few months later, she's like, I almost broke up with you because you said that. Cause I just can't, I just can't. And I was like, well, hold on. I didn't say I'm pro-abortion. I'm just pro-choice. 
I don't want to be the one telling somebody else what they can or can't do with their body, with their situation. And then over the years, I evolved to be a little bit more like pro-life and, and anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. And then I'm back to like that feeling of, uh, it's not up to me to tell you, right? It's not up to me. And I think that we can be anti-abortion and be pro-sex ed, mm-hmm. pro-contraception, pro-health care. Like there's, there's so many things that we can do to bring the abortion rates down to almost nothing. And that's where I'm at today. Like, that's where I'm at today. Yeah, I. It, it's very frustrating that the conversation is always like, are you pro-life or pro-choice? Well, pro-life, these people that say that they are pro-life, um, they are, to quote my mother, uh, love the fetus, hate the baby. Mm-hmm. So they, they want to force a child to be born into this world. And then after that, it's like, okay, you're on your own. So there's not, you know, the things that babies need to thrive in this country are just not uh, resources that are available to every single baby that's being born and and in many states being forced to be born. And then um, to like follow that trail along, love the fetus, hate the baby. Once that baby becomes an adult that then gets pregnant then it's it's that same thought process of like well we don't care about the person carrying the baby their emotions behind it the way that they got pregnant um what this can do to their health to their life anything like that we don't care about that the focus is just you have you are carrying a baby you must deliver that baby and that is supposed to be a pro-life thing. That is not a pro-life thing. That is a pro, you're pro-birth. Right. You can be pro-choice and anti-abortion. There are like, that's, and that's your own personal thing. If, if that's, that's your own. And it is a very personal choice. Every single person has to make their own choices on this. It's very like frustrating that as a country, now the government has decided we're going to take that choice away from you. And by the way, the like the government, it's it's mostly Republicans. I know that there are Democrats. It gets kind of like buttonholed into like if you you are either pro-choice and you can be a Democrat, or you're anti-abortion and you have to be a Republican. Right. Um, we really push people into these camps of like. You you cannot, you almost can't be a Democrat and be against abortion. Right. Which and is, so, and I, we just and had, that's part of the problem. <laughs> we just had an episode, the tyranny of or. Yeah. You either are this or that, and it's not always so binary. It can be and. Yes, you can't, especially in an issue like this, you really can't be so, um, you binary. know, rooted, it, binary and, and really rooted into your own thoughts because um, a, an issue like this does require you to kind of step into somebody else's shoes, into somebody else's life and think about what if this is how this person got pregnant? What if this is what was going on in their life at that time? Yeah. You know, and then we we do things to make it worse. We yeah. take away contraceptives. We take away sex ed. We take away all these options. You know, we tell Hobby Lobby, do what you want as far as birth control goes, these companies get to make decisions. And then without contraceptives being available, we force people 
to give these babies, to have these babies, to get pregnant, all this kind yeah. of stuff. I have a, I have a whole thought string on the dad side of it. Well, I hope we'll get to, um, one of the things you, know, you said, like when this is the, the, the situation in which a woman becomes pregnant. And so that uh, my mind goes to rape, right? Like if a sure. woman is raped and, and conceives now what? And so like, again, I, I go back to, you know, my little world, my little perspective is this, and I'm one dude out of, I'm one human out of 8 billion in the world right now. So this is one person's just kind of thought process. And I go, well, look, I have a friend who is alive today only because his mother who was raped gave him up for adoption instead of had an abortion. His sons now are doing so much great in the world. One of them is a, a Catholic priest and one of them is um, a, 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 like a, he's got faith. He's, he cares about people. He's doing good work in the world. He's going to school for like physical therapy or whatever. He cares about humans. So this woman's choice to go for adoption instead of abortion, even though she was raped and had to carry this baby to term, like I cannot even begin to fathom the strength that takes, that that takes. I don't, I, I can't, mm-hmm. but that's one example to me of like, it, it, it can happen. Now I, I don't want to force it. Like, I, like, again, I want to be clear. I don't want to force a woman who has been raped, who conceives like you better carry that baby and you better deal with that. And you better, like, I, I'm not saying that it's just a discussion to be able to have to be had. Like there are options and how do we then support women who have to go through that? Like, can we, instead of just saying, well, you can't have an abortion. So good luck. Can we say, if, if we were to say you can't have an abortion, can we say, but here's all the therapy in the world that you're going to need. But of course we're not going to do that. Not well, in this country. No, we're not going to do No, of course, because we, that would require, first of all, we shouldn't do that. Second of all, <laughs> we're not going to do that because that would require us to have a conversation about mental health in this country. Yeah, that obviously right. we're not ready to have. Instead, everyone gets three guns, three guns yeah. <laughs> for every therapy session. You almost went to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we can't do that because we're not going to force somebody to have a baby in this. Co- well, hang on. That's not true. Well, we're trying trying (laughs) states are trying um but also like that's that that is a a beautiful story but that's neither here nor there because it could have just as easily been that the that that this a woman had this tragedy occur she decided she made her own personal decision decided that she wanted to carry this baby to term, had the baby. And then, you know, it could have just as easily been that the baby was a little piece of shit. Like, it's a real I mean, gamble with kids. You don't know what it you're is. getting. Some it of is. them are monsters. Some of them are lovely. You don't know. <laughs> um, um, but, but that's neither here nor there because that was her own personal decision. I think the conversation is it should be able to be a personal decision, not a government decision. And yeah. it is incredibly frustrating that a party who I used to be that they wanted like as small of a government as possible has never ever, well, the the version of the party that they are now, this like Reagan and then um, zombicide into what they are now. So from Reagan yeah. forward, um, small, small government, small government, small government, except you ladies, <laughs> you're so small and weak, we have to take care of you. So as big of a government as possible on you to the point that we will literally decide your medical needs for you. Now, often before you even know that you are pregnant, 
Right. Because missing a period is not that happens. This there's this whole thing about like the Johnson Johnson or I think the vaccines in general. Vaccines in general for COVID nineteen are going to mess up your menstrual cycle. Anything can mess it up. Yeah. From getting stress. having a cold, stress having a cold, which by the way, like you're getting a vaccine, you're getting the COVID. I don't know how vaccines work. I'm not a doctor. I work in television, but you know, you're getting the medicine. It's going to mess up your, if a cold messes you up, it's, it makes sense that a vaccine would kind of throw off your cycle a little bit too. Working out stress, whatever, all these things can change it. You, so the idea of like missing a period being late on your period. And also I know a lot of people that have periods who don't like regularly track it to the point where they would know that they were too like at that two week mark to be like, uh, it has been yeah. two weeks, maybe, you know what I mean? Like that's just, so to say it's six weeks, Hey, that's now officially too late to have an abortion. That is absolutely bonkers. And then it becomes like this bigger conversation about, I don't know, let's start putting women in charge and, um, putting <laughs> women in, in offices and in conversations. So yeah, somebody maybe. can say, Hey, just so you know, <laughs> you're stressing me out. Now my period's gonna might be late, and who knows? You know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And then also this heartbeat bill, which is the or these heartbeat bills, which is another very common one, which is that um, if once a heartbeat is detected, you can't have an abortion anymore. That choice is gone. Yeah. It just I shows still- like such a lack of medical knowledge and awareness, or a lack of uh, giving a shit about a woman. Or a yeah. person that is pregnant. Yeah, I, I it's so it's so hard because I still go back to again my I, I value human life so much that I don't want that baby to face anything like but that. I, I just it's so hard. It's so too. hard. No, I, I know, value I know. human life too, and like you don't want to weigh. You know, it, it's impossible to weigh the the you know two souls against each other like right, a, a, right. A, a baby that has not been born yet versus a person that is pregnant and trying to make this choice you can't weigh those two things together no but it is important to note as i know that i, I know that this is not what you're saying but like everybody it says well i value human life too or i value human life so do i that is yeah. why there should be a choice and we should not be forcing people to carry a baby to term as you know just an instant after finding out that they are pregnant yep and then also even after that these you know the six week and the heartbeat pills and all that even after that things can happen things can come up where there you should be able now obviously there has to be there should be a cutoff point nobody there is no doctor in the world that is doing what uh, our 45th president said, which is they're delivering these healthy newborn babies and then leaving them to die. That's not happening. There's no third trimester abortions happening. If a baby is viable to survive outside of the womb, every, you know, then that baby can be delivered and, and every effort can be made. He knew what he was doing when he said it, which is to rile up his side and and get all upset about a nothing thing that is not happening but the consequences are that it makes it harder for women to get a safe abortion now it doesn't make it harder to get an abortion makes it harder to get a safe abortion 
What's the difference? I mean, a safe abortion happens in um, a clinic where somebody who is trained to do it can give can give you an abortion, or you get the um, abortion pill, so you can have uh, an abortion at home. An abort, like a, just a non-safe abortion, would be you can buy the medicine online oh, okay. on the black market without knowing anything about it or you know going to maybe a little bit shadier of a not super legitimate doctor who can still do it it's just it's dangerous yeah um you know throwing yourself down the stairs like but, yeah. I, I, i'm not i'm genuinely serious like th- these are the things that can happen when women are not when people are not allowed to have access to a safe abortion well, and that's, and that's a whole discussion that you and I have had, you know, what you were, we were talking a couple of years ago now about, you know, the abortion clinics that are, that get closed and how then like so many of the, what we would think of as abortion clinics are health clinics mm-hmm. who happen to offer abortions, but mm-hmm. they do so much else too. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, my, my pushback back then I can remember, I think was saying, well, sure, but there are other health clinics that don't offer abortions that you can get all that stuff at too, right? Like that was the, the yeah. point, but but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I again, the more research you do, the more you listen, the more you realize, like there are health clinics in marginalized communities where they like we're talking food deserts. They don't have fresh fruit anywhere. They sure as hell don't have good health clinics. The only one they have is one that offers abortions, and that just got closed down. So where do they go for anything? Yeah. Two counties over, and they can't afford it, so they don't. They get nothing. Yeah. Like we have to have real health care discussions in addition to the abortion discussions. Um, and that's where I like I've gotten to now is again listening, right? Like the, my my friend's story about his mom choosing to have him and his him living. That's that's a story to listen to. That is yeah. a story to elicit empathy. That's great. Let's talk about that. How can we help other women who maybe don't want to get an abortion, but they have no other choice? They're like if they feel like they have no choice, but they don't want to, but they have no support, they have no way to go through the adoption process and give the baby up. They have no therapy afterwards to help with postpartum and everything else that I can't even imagine. Like, mm-hmm. can we have those discussions too? I no. I wish, I wish we could, because that's like, my gosh. Now, yeah. my question is, we, we talk about numbers, right? And we talk about, you know, percentages and all these things. And we, and we want to be we want to be logical and not just emotional, right? There's emotions hundred percent and that will never go away. Mm-hmm. But we want to just use logic. And when we talk about numbers, it does it even matter to you. The percentage of conceptions come from rape. No, did I ask that right? Uh, no, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. Because the number is greater than one, one or above. But it also doesn't matter to me. The number can be zero. Somebody who gets pregnant does not have to have been um, raped or that's somebody becoming pregnant and then deciding that they cannot or do not want to keep the baby doesn't matter how they got pregnant to me. And here's, here's why I'm thinking this. Like, I don't know if I can, if I can ask this or talk about this in a right way. I'm like, there's, there's not a, connection between let's say voting fraud and abortion right like there's no i'm just trying to 
think through how, how we talk about numbers. Give me so some much. time. I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when we talk about something like fraud by voters, voting fraud, that mm-hmm. like it doesn't happen. It's so statistically insignificant that it shouldn't even be a discussion. Right. Right. I look at a similar thing to like abortion. Because one of the arguments is, well, we need to keep abortion safe and legal for, if nothing else, rape and incest. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but if it's so statistically insignificant, that's not even an argument in my mind. It's not insi- right? insignificant. It is, a, it is a number that is real. It's, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it's not insignificant. It happens. It, it's a tragedy that occurs. But I also like that number doesn't. It is not insignificant in that it occurs. It is insignificant in that the w- the means of conception should not affect whether or not a person who is pregnant has the right to a safe and legal abortion. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I just curious. And we should pay for it. <laughs> like the government should pay for it. Um. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. You know, that I think the last time we had this conversation, um, I think that you were like fine with it, but not fine with the government paying. Is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? Probably. How do you feel about that now? That's a good question. Thank you. I don't, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. I I, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I don't love it. And I don't necessarily know why I don't necessarily have a good reason to argue with you and convince you. Otherwise, I just don't love it. I don't, I don't like the idea that our government is going to pay for someone's abortion. I bring this up because I have an answer. Of course. course That's why anybody brings up anything in this world is so they can talk. Um, Because my boss gave me a, um, this great book called in conversation with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's very cool. Um, And it, she talks about um, cases and um, dissents that she's written and cases that came before her in the court. Very cool book. Highly recommend it. If you are interested in that kind of thing. Um, But they, Roe often comes up in this book because that was um, a hurdle for her to overcome when she was coming onto the court. There were a lot of um, women's groups didn't like her because of her thoughts on Roe. Um, They thought she wasn't liberal enough, which is so funny to think about in the nineties, her being seen as not liberal enough. And then based on the court's movements, how she was kind of forced to move further and further to the left and then became like this giant figure of liberalism. Right. Um, so much that I named my cat after her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think my cat's a conservative too. Uh-oh. No, she's not, not in this household. Um, but sh- her, her thing was that um, she had a couple points on row that I'll want to bring up in this conversation because they're really interesting just to think about. But when they talked about um, states paying for abortions um, or, you know, covering that, she said that the, the problem is with taking that away is that it won't prevent women from getting abortions. It will pull it up because I want to get this right. Um, if it's 
states should pay simply because if it's up to someone carrying the baby to pay, then the law is applied unequally because it will punish less affluent people. And that's what it comes down to for me. As soon as I read that, I was like, absolutely. Because I kind of went back and forth too about like, what should we do about the money side of it? Because I do, I firmly believe in it's your choice. It's a, uh, the person carrying the baby's choice about whether or not they want to continue through with their pregnancy. But I went back and forth on paying that until I read that. And because injustice anywhere, it's a threat to justice everywhere is like my probably the most important, like, I don't know. Core value. Core value. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Word words. Words are hard. <laughs> words well, listen, are hard. I, I, um, I will help you with words, little lady, because I know that I'm going to help. No. Thank you. I'm so small <laughs> and words are so hard. It is my most important core value. And it is true that um, taking away the money factor and forcing pregnant people to pay for the abortion does not root out abortions. It affects or it applies the law unequally. And I, and I can't, I can totally hear the anti-abortion argument of, well, great. Now we're just going to have drive-through abortions where you don't even have to pay for it. No, because we're not. The, because I can hear the <laughs> rhetoric, right? Like I can totally sure. hear that rhetoric. And that's just not, that's not what we're talking about. It's the same thing as, you know, the third trimester we're we're, we're birthing healthy babies and just killing them. No, no, no. Just like, let's just be real. No. It's yeah. not happening. Um, I, I'm still going to struggle with that for a while. I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to, how I'm going to think about, feel about that. Um, Cause again, I go back to, we, we both value human life a hundred percent. I totally respect you on that. I just go back to, should the government then pay for the euthanization of one of its humans? I, I, I just, I don't know. I struggle with that. That's a good, that's a great, I, but I hear what you're saying. I appreciate. I mean, it's a hard thing because I I do hear where you're coming from also. And here's where we get into why we started this podcast to begin with. I don't agree with you. Yep. Um, But I I hear what you're saying. I I definitely hear where your head is at, where your heart is at in it. And, you know, and that's okay (laughs) to to not agree because we're having a conversation about it. And in theory, we're going to come to a, you know, some sort of something, some sort of discussion agreement at some point. Well, I feel like not only do you hear me, you, you respect where I'm coming from. You just don't agree with it. No, (laughs) I absolutely, I do respect where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and we both want the same thing, which is, um, you know, more support for pregnant people, um, more support for, babies once they're born more support for those babies as they turn into adults all of that and 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 fewer abortions overall like i yeah. I think we both would love to see zero abortions for a year great eh, if that if that, mean, if that I, means if that means i actually don't know if that if i uh yeah i guess i had to like play it out yes yes the ultimate goal is zero abortions i had to kind of think it out in my head a little bit because then i was like no but the woman's choice but if, yeah, yeah. If everything is in place, the social safety net is there. The the care, like, look, rape should never happen. Number one, right? Like, rape should never happen. Yes. So the fact, so the, one of those arguments of rape and incest, 
Like that should never happen. So that if that's gone, there's that. If contraception is available for free for any community, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Again, it's a choice. You can use it or not. You have it, right? If healthcare and sex ed are available, like all these things line up, and we're like, okay, people who get pregnant are doing so because they want to, right? Mm-hmm. And be, and then they have a healthy pregnancy and they're not in danger. Or if they are in danger, they could get the help they need. Like we could have zero abortions. Awesome. Great. That's a beautiful thing. But the thing is, it'll never be zero. But if we can get it down to as the lowest amount possible, that'd be great too. Yes. And we're not going to do that through telling, through taking away rights. We're going to do that through all these things that we're talking about. And I've seen that play out in stats of, Every, since Roe v. Wade, abortions have fallen every <laughs> year. It's fewer and fewer. It falls at a greater p- pace under a Democratic administration, mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me. It is if fascinating. You're, if you're really pro-life and pro-birth and pro-everything, then you probably should vote Democrat because it's falling. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't see that we're going to overturn it completely. Maybe, and maybe we will, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see because it's there because it is a, a health and a medical thing. Like it's just going to be, but if we can get to the point where we have the fewest ever, then the ones that we have are simply tragedies that we mourn and we try to figure out how to make things better, but we have fewer, we just have fewer and fewer. And that's how we get there. I think. Um, yeah. What about, so do you have another thought? Cause I have a question for you. No, what's your question? Uh, why is the pro-life crowd also pro-death penalty? Because they're not pro-life, they're pro-birth. Okay. I've, again, coming out of a conservative background, a church focused background. Um, you know, I, I, I love my faith, <clears throat> faith. I love, Aww. I love my faith. I know. It's fun when I go through puberty again. Yeah, um, seems neat. It is. So, yeah, because you've never been through because you're so young. <laughs> I am a youth. I'm a baby. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I come out of this idea that I see a lot of my conservative faith-focused friends that talk about how much they want pro-life and they want anti-abortion. They want pro-life judges and the Supreme Court, like all these things. And then kill that criminal. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. How do what? Yeah, I don't. Uh, and not even just pro death penalty, anti um, reason like changing the way that we um, in prison are folks here yeah. in this. Country. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, because, that's an, uh, yeah. you know, they uh, they don't want books in prisons. Right. The purpose of prison is to, in theory, the purpose in prison or of prison is to um, rehabilitate. Right. Get you, you know, um, you can learn and then go back out into the world. Yeah. But okay. And if you can't, and if you can't be rehabilitated, that, you, that you're kept safe away from society. Like it can be a punishment too. That's fine. For sure. We can do life in prison. That's something that unfortunately we, you know, some people have to be there forever. I can think of at least one right now that should be, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to jail. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, prison or jail, they're different. Yes, they are different. Um, I'm going to neither. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, yeah, I just, that's, that's a whole other conversation, but it, it, it's because they're pro birth. Okay. They're not pro life. I can't, I can't reconcile that. Okay. So, yeah, death penalty might be a whole other conversation to have. Death penalty and imprisonment might be another episode. I'd love to talk about the death penalty and, and prison in America. Well, I mean, we're definitely not going to disagree on that one. So that might be a fun one just to like spitball on anyway. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, is the weirdest thing. Spitball. What is it? What? You know anyway. spitballs. Where you put the little piece of paper in your mouth and you spit I it. I know, but that's a discussion. Yeah. Like why that's is that? That's how they used a- to do it. Dan, you just don't know as much about history as I do. That's how they used to do it in Congress. Everybody writes their ideas down on a piece of paper. They put it in their mouth to spit it at each other. And then whoever wins, wins. Okay. I mean, you are old. Learn your history. And you've been around for like 100 years. I remember it. I was on my second um, career when they used to do that Um, in the 17... 79 was three uh, years after. You're a vampire. (laughs) You're not a robot. You're a vampire. So here's... okay. A vampire robot. Ooh, that sounds like a really good um, Joss Whedon film. Anyway, so let's talk about father's rights. Sure. This will be interesting. Okay. I don't know that I've ever shared this publicly, but I'm going to share it anyway, because I'm not going to name any names. I had a girlfriend at one time when I was younger who um, said that she was pregnant and got an abortion. Said it was mine. And I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, you know, she at the time wasn't all that, I think, healthy and truthful with me. Um, and may have been trying to just hurt me. I don't know that for sure. We are actually like kind of friends now. So she's a different person today, I think, than she was back then. But anyway, that like that, I struggled with that for a long, long time. Because if I could have had a child and that was taken away from me, all I ever wanted to be when I was younger was to be a dad. And so it takes two to create life. And while the woman carries and I, like if you're a listener of this show at all, you know how much I never want to demean women. And like we've talked about sexism and, you know, like all these things. And also I support father's rights. How, what do we do? How do we even tackle that? Right? Like how do we even make that be part of the conversation? Is it, is it a, a percentage of the vote or something? Like when it comes to something like this, like, what do you do? I don't, I don't even know. This to me is probably the, the trickiest part of the entire thing, because in theory, if two people have entered into a relationship or a one night, one quick little moment of fun, they together have created a baby. It does not always quick. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. You got, listen, when you have these discussions, you gotta have at least a little bit of fun, right? Come on. Because it's so yes, damn no. deep and difficult. This is the episode anyway. for fun. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, go ahead. One one moment. One whatever. One, yep. Two one people. Quick, consensual. Quick, yeah. Real quick. Consensual moment of um, fun or whatever, yep. <laughs> and yeah. a life is created. In theory, those two people in that relationship, in that moment, whatever, should be able to have a conversation with each other about it, an honest conversation about it. And while certainly the person who has to carry the baby for nine months, their vote counts more, um, you know, in a perfect world, it would be a conversation. The problem is that we can't even really, like you and I can talk right now on this episode of the podcast, but 
this, like how much does the father's voice count in all of this kind of can't be a conversation, you know, big picture right now, because we're still making choice. Our government is still making choices for the person that is pregnant. And until that is not a constant conversation and a constant battle to lord over their own choice, we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. We should be able to, though. We need we to be able to walk and chew gum. We should be able to. There are a million that, things that we should be able to do. You should not be able to uh, make choices about a person's body without a doctor like I'm talking like governmentally, um, right. you know, all, all these uh, Congress members and senators sitting down and having these conversations and deciding what they want to do about Roe and and governors and all this. There's no doctors in the room. And there are often, a million things that we should be doing. Often no women in the room. Oh, I, I, like that's a whole the other, idea that like, there would be a woman in the room. Yeah, is too wild. <laughs> Couldn't possibly have a have a person that can get pregnant in the room. Right. And, and it should be a, a person who can get pregnant, who is both like, you should have the, the, the liberal side and the conservative side. You should be able to have, like, they should both have a voice, right? This isn't just, I don't think that it may, maybe you'll correct me. I don't think your push is that, well, there has to only be people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Kamala Harris in the room. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll <laughs> tell you that I, I am significantly bummed when I walk into a room and Kamala isn't there. Right. Right. No, but I mean, like, like there has to be both sides of, of the voices, right? Pro, yes. you know. Oh yeah. I, I completely the, agree. The choice side and the anti-abortion side both have to be represented in these conversations. Mm-hmm. Women need to be a part of that on both sides of that political coin. Like it needs to be everybody in some way making these decisions together. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, yeah. And medical and medical. I just, I just struggle. Yeah. Cause like, again, I go back and, and I re- I hear what you're saying. We can't walk and chew gum, but as a, as a, as a dad, that feels like a cop-out. I want to have a voice and I know, I know, hold on. I know I have a voice and I always have from the founding of this country. I've had more of a voice than anybody in this country. I get it. Okay. I am not oppressed. I am not oppressed. I am not oppressed. I understand. It's like you saw my thought bubble. I, oh, yeah, because oh, as no, soon as Dan, I, do you feel like you're not being heard and represented in this country? Oh no, <laughs> poor guy. Look. I knew as soon as I said it, how it, what it sounded like. I, I get it. But me saying that doesn't, it can, they can both be true, right? Like I am not oppressed hundred percent. I am not oppressed. I am heard. I direct this country. I mean, I meaning straight white male, like I, I yes, cisgender. Yes. And also the truth is I still want to fight for father's rights. Yeah. Like I, I really do. I'm a dad and I can't imagine being told that I can't see my kids. Yeah. And whether that's on the abortion debate or whether it's family courts or whatever that is, like I'm going to fight for those dads rights who want to be fought for. Now there are dads who walk away and they have no say, and that's fine. Bye. You can't come back later and be like, well, I want the right. Like, Nope, you're done. I have no room for that in my, in my heart. Um, And maybe I'm wrong there too, but whatever. I don't know. I just, like it, it can be both. And I still, I will continue to struggle with that. And I will continue to struggle with the economic side of it. Both of those, just, just being honest. Um, well, but I appreciate I do. your honesty. And you're wrong. And you're wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately sucks. No, no, no. Um, you know, the economic side of it is, is a conversation, but is the part about dad's rights. 
that does suck. Like, I'm, I, you know, like yeah. it's not fair necessarily for somebody that wants to be involved in this child's life who feels like now they don't have a voice in that. Unfortunately, it has become such a incredibly politicized thing that now they're saying like, you have to, you know, there are states that are trying to pass laws that the man can make this decision for the person that they have impregnated regardless of how they have done so. And that's not okay either. That's like, that's not See, okay. That, so, so that's where it gets tricky. It's like, I, I do think that you, because I know you should have a right and a voice, but unfortunately the way that this country is trying to, what this country is trying to do with the laws in different States makes it really, really hard to have that conversation because of other conversations that are in play. Right. It's such a big discussion that, 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 I think can be distilled down to issues that we are talking about today of healthcare, access to healthcare. Is it a, a right to healthcare? Like, however you want to say it, healthcare and education are so important to this discussion. And it's not being talked about at that level. And yeah. it's, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. We need, we need that because that is what will curb abortions. Mm-hmm. And to my to my my friends and family on the right on the conservative side, like if our goal is to bring abortions down to as close to zero as we can, because even if even if they're illegal, they will happen. And now even more health is at risk. Like we need to be able to have these discussions mm-hmm. and figure out how to get it down to almost zero. And and honestly. Like I said, I look at the numbers and the answer is vote Democrat. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's like, always the answer. Well, well maybe not always. Hey. Uh, hey. I do like independent and libertarian occasionally too. Libertarianism. Um, it all depends. Unfortunately has some pretty straight roads ahead right into white nationalism. So it can I, like, it can't, I mean, that's just it like in numbers. I, I'm not. Certainly, I'm not saying that if you're a libertarian, libertarian, <laughs> libertarian, you're a white nationalist. But also, like statistically, yeah. You know. I mean, there's like like that that book of uh, there's an off ramp. The three political, the three languages of politics. There are some interesting points of how libertarianism should b certainly it gets twisted no doubt about it every political point mm-hmm. and whatever gets twisted but it should be libertarian is against oppressive government and 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 that's something that i am against yeah. um but yeah but there's, republicanism there's, there's should dangers. be for small government so and what it's do you, not you know and yeah. it's not um anyway roe was speaking of um political parties and the way that they things change and move Roe was a seven, two decision. <laughs> like it's a pretty seven to two is a pretty solid decision, a pretty yep. overwhelming majority. Yep. Um, in that book, Ruth Bader Ginsburg notes that and says, and I agree. And this is why women's groups at first were so against her for being not liberal enough. 
um, she has said that Roe moved too fast and, and that the decision should have been focused on Texas and not the entire country because it moved faster than public opinion. So instead of it just being Texas and, and ruling that specific case unconstitutional, it went nationwide, which is not what the court normally does. And, you know, even now, years, decades afterwards, we're seeing why, because everyone kind of lost their minds like in reaction to that. And now it's becoming Roe is more of a cultural thing than actually protecting life. You know, we bring on judges um, onto the court based on one of the main things we ask them is, how do you feel about Roe v. Wade? That's why we're, you know, and that yeah. dictates what kind of judges we're putting on courts, justices we're putting on the Supreme Court, all of that. And it just, I don't know, I, I think it's an interesting point. It's something I thought about when I was reading the book that it has become more cultural than practical. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. My mind goes to like, okay, so Roe v. Wade was in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So close to 45, 50 years ago now almost. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's done and gone. Like it's in the past. Right. Yeah. And you hear that about, you know, I hear that from white Americans, especially, well, slavery was so long ago. Aren't you over it yet? Like Roe v. Wade was so long ago. Aren't you over it yet? Yeah. I mean, we can play that game all day long anyway. Uh, but also like slavery still exists in this country. So yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the 13th amendment says so. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's hard to argue. Um, yeah. So abortion, no great. I mean, I think we saw no it. great disagreement, but we disagree a little bit and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for unpacking it with me. You're welcome. It's not like at the end of the day, and I, I'm, I gotta stop using that. Oh, oh, I hate that term. As I close that's, my little eyes and go to bed, <laughs> it rolls off my tongue so easy. Doesn't it? Um, <laughs> the thing for me is that the, 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 the bottom line is for me, it's not a simple answer. There's a lot of nuance. There should be, a whole lot of compassion and empathy in these discussions. Mm -hmm. And I hope for that for people because it's not a, a one or the other binary answer. Yeah. You know, really, again, if, if our common goal is to reduce abortions and protect babies and protect life in general, then we need to have these discussions and find a better solution than just putting on judges on the Supreme court that we think are going to work because at the end of the day, there it is again. I want to put a, I'm going to put an end of the day jar instead of a swear jar. Um, Cause look, here's, here's the thing. These judges aren't anti-abortion. They are pro business and anti-business regulation. Mm -hmm. yep. That's a whole nother discussion, but they're coming under the guise of, well, you're a Christian. So you must be, pro-life. So I'm going to be that. And then when they get on the court, they turn around and they get rid of all these business regulations. And then we have so unfettered and predatory capitalism that we lose out. And that's the problem right there. And so yeah. that's where I'm going to end my soapbox moment, because that's going to give you something to think about and go, wait, what? <laughs> my soapbox moment is hire women, elect yeah. women, listen oh to women. I'm sorry, not just women, but uh, you know, somebody who can have a different life experience than you hire mm -hmm. and elect people who can get pregnant, hire yeah. and elect people who have a, a stake in all of this. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's like you say hire. And so I start thinking about business and it's and hire. And also a 
surround yourself with leaders. Yeah. Who aren't like you. If you're white, straight, cisgender, male, you need to have people around you who aren't that. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to understand where they're coming from and what you do, how it affects other people. On that, like on that, for the first the YouTube, okay, when YouTube was invented and rolled out, mm-hmm. I forget the number, but like so many, a certain percentage of, let's say, let's say 10% of the videos were posted upside down. <laughs> you know, do you know why? Why? Because left handers record with their phones the opposite way the right handers do. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I and guess so, that makes sense. Because nobody in that boardroom or the engineers or whatever were left-handed, they didn't know it. They didn't realize that. They never thought of it. Now, left-handed versus like women, women's rights, you know, BIPOC rights, like obviously not the same. Thing. Oh, not <laughs> yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, the same. Same. not the same. Not the same. But so as a left-hander though, like that makes me think, gosh, again, that simple thought process of diversifying mm-hmm. the people around you who have a stake, who have a say, who have a seat at the table, who are in the room where it happened. <laughs> we need to have people there that don't look and think like us in order to bring about better everything. And so, yeah, hire and put them in charge of things, women, BIPOC, trans community, anything that doesn't look like you and have these discussions. It's okay. You're not going to get canceled or something stupid, man. I'm all about the soapbox today, Kim. Yeah. You fired goodness. me up. I do what I can. Uh, so that was good though. Thank you for that discussion. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Did, did you hear that the tree surgeon and his girlfriend broke up? We just talked about abortion. He, he pined for her for months, but Knock on wood, they'll get back together someday. So you can at me on Twitter and Instagram at Dan Moyle and tell me all your favorite bad jokes. Uh, Or at My America Pod. Don't bring that to My America Pod. (laughs) (laughs) You can, um, I guess, tell me I was wrong. Oh, you're wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. I am. I know about a Star Wars. You know about a Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) this guy is is darth vader not dark vader okay he's he's bad man he's he's i mean it's nuanced he's complicated he is complicated complicated. he was a villain but also not um if you want to complain to me about how i didn't know something about star wars seems like a weird way to use your energy because it doesn't take away your knowledge of star wars but hate follow hate follow do it no no, we don't hate follow. We don't hate listen. We don't hate watch. We don't do this. That's true. Um, That's true. But you're welcome to compliment me at <laughs> Kim Moffat on Instagram and Twitter. Send all the sympathy that Kim has to put up with my puns. Okay, do that. <laughs> uh, at Kim Moffat on Instagram and Twitter. My America Pod on Instagram and Twitter. My America Pod at Gmail. My America Pod at um, MySpace.com. AOL.MySpace.org. AltaVista. .net. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Uh, Kim, thanks for spending this time with me. I, I learn you stretch me and you give me a place to get on my soapbox. So I appreciate that. You're welcome, Dan. It was truly magical.